what does it mean to plead? You can call out if you want to. <laughs> Anybody? No? Okay. Got, yeah, begging. Yeah, absolutely. Begging. Bargaining. Yeah. Shall I read a definition? Wikipedia. <laughs> um, to make an emotional appeal or to present and argue for a position, especially in court or in another public context. So humanity pleading to God is an emotional plea. When we plead to God, we can feel many different emotions. For example, desperation, compassion, pain, fear, guilt, or shame. And we see it all throughout the Bible too. We see it when we read in the Psalms with David. He's, he's pleading with God for forgiveness. You know, he's, it says, Have mercy on me, O God, because of your unfailing love, because of your great compassion. Blot out the stain of my sins. Wash me clean from my guilt. Purify me from my sin. We see it with Moses when he pleads for God's mercy for Israel. We see it with Joshua when he pleads for God's victory for the Israelites. And with Hannah when she pleads for a child in desperation. Who else pleads in the Bible? Who's an obvious, an obvious one? Or, yep, <laughs> Jesus does plead. And I think often um, it's hard to imagine Jesus pleading, isn't it? For me it was, until I think I, I could see him in that place and understand the revelation I have today. So we see that um, Jesus pleads for um, in his humanity. So we're going to read in Matthew 26, 39 to 45. It says, He went on a little farther and bowed with his face to the ground, praying, My father, if it is possible, let this cup of suffering be taken away from me. Yet I want your will to be done, not mine. Then he returned to the disciples and found them asleep. He said to Peter, Couldn't you watch with me even one hour? Keep watch and pray so that you will not give into temptation. For the spirit is willing, but the body is weak. Then Jesus left them and a second time in prayer. My father, if this cup cannot be taken away, oh sorry, my father, if this cup cannot be taken away unless I drink it, your will be done. When he returned to them again, he found them sleeping, for they couldn't keep their eyes open. So he went to pray a third time, saying the same things. Then he came to the disciples and said, Go ahead and sleep, have your rest. But look, the time has come. The Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Jesus was in anguish before the Father, pleading for this cup to be removed, yet surrendering and joining with the will of the Father at the same time. And we see that and we read about how Jesus was sweating blood. And that's actually a medical thing. And in trauma and places of fear and anxiety, people can actually burst vessels in their head and they sweat blood out of a place of anguish and desperation. Can any of you relate to a time in your life where you have pleaded and you have called out? Oh. What I feel is not just for myself, but I know that um, there's so many of us in this family who are calling out in this season. And Jesus hears, and Jesus comes in to that pleading with us. He's right there. 
Jesus pleads even for his disciples. We see it in Luke 22, 31 to 32. I'm going to read it. It says, it's when Jesus, sorry, was with his disciples. It's the Last Supper and he's with um, his disciples and he turns to Peter, who's Simon at the point, and he says, Simon, Simon, Satan has asked to sift each of you like wheat, but I have pleaded in prayer for you, Simon, that your faith should not fail. So when you have repented and turned to me, strengthen your brothers. And we also see where Jesus pleads for us. In John 17, I love it. It's the whole, read that whole chapter if you can. But it starts with, even in John 17, verse 9, my prayer is not for the world, but for those you have given me because they belong to you. That's Jesus praying to the Father. And he goes on to pray for us and to plead for us. But (laughs) Jesus did not stop pleading for us there. In Revelation 5, John is before the throne of God. And he's in the spirit. And I'm going to read this to you. It's a bit of a long scripture, but this scripture is full of a revelation, I believe, that God wants to reveal to us this morning of God's victory, of what he's accomplished. So in Revelation 5, then I saw, I think it's one that I'm starting from, then I saw a scroll in the right hand of the one who was sitting on the throne. There was writing on the inside and the outside of the scroll, and it was sealed with seven seals. And I saw a strong angel who shouted with a loud voice, who is worthy to break the seals and the scroll and open it? But no one in heaven or on earth or under the earth was able to open the scroll and read it. Then I began to weep bitterly because no one was found worthy to open the scroll and read it. I just want to pause there for a minute. John feels hopeless. What is that scroll? It's it's something that needs to be accomplished, something that needs to be done. And John's coming into a place where he isn't seeing anyone worthy. No one can do this. No one can accomplish this. But (laughs) all of a sudden, it says, one of the 24 elders said to me, stop weeping. Look, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the heir to David's throne, has won the victory. He is worthy to open the scroll and its seven seals. Thank you, Jesus, that you are worthy. Then I saw a lamb that looked as though it had been slaughtered, but it was now standing between the throne and the four living beings and among the 24 elders. He had seven horns and seven eyes, which represented the sevenfold spirit of God that is sent out into every part of the earth. He stepped forward and he took the scroll from the right hand of the one sitting on the throne. And when he took the scroll, the four living beings and the 24 elders um, fell down before the lamb. Each one had a harp and they held God gold bowls filled with incense which are the prayers of God's people and they sang a new song with these words you are worthy to take the scroll and break its seals and open it for you were slaughtered and your blood has ransomed your people for God from every tribe and language and people and nation and you have caused them to become a kingdom of priests for our God and they will reign on earth amen amen that's you (laughs) That's a profound revelation for me because I could not 
receive that. I could not, I, there was nothing that can make that possible until Christ, until Jesus, until the work of the cross, until his blood. There was nothing that was making that possible. But he has the victory. So how does Jesus plead for us now? There is a new basis for his plea, and we see it in his victory. Look, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the heir to David's throne, has won the victory. He is worthy to open the scroll and its seven seals. We see it by his ransom and his blood. And they sang a new song with these words. You are worthy to take the scroll and break its seal and open it. For you were slaughtered and your blood has ransomed people for God from every tribe and language and people and nation. You know, in that, those definitions at the start that I gave you um, about uh, what it is to plead, um, in definition two, uh, to present and argue for a position, especially in court or in other, in our other public contexts, we see that in the courts of heaven. We see it when the accuser comes to accuse the brethren, us. And that's Revelation 12.10. But we have an advocate our King Jesus, who is seated at the right side of the Father. He pleads his life, his blood, and his victory over us. There is no more condemnation for us. Our sins are obliterated by the blood of Christ. We no longer receive the death penalty or anything else that comes with that. Now, our situations may speak differently, but if we remain in that place, it is unto death. If we step into a place of revelation and victory in Christ, we receive all that he has accomplished. Everything that was done on the cross. And that is why it's so important that we can shift from a place of pleading for victory to a place of standing in victory and declaring that out. So how should we plead in prayer? Oh, bear me one second. I've got a few more scriptures. I'm just going to read this two scriptures I've got before I'll move to there. It says, there is no more condemnation for us. I think I just read that. Our sins are bloody. Oh, sorry. So then it says in 1 John 2, 1, my dear children, I am writing this to you so that you will not sin. But if anyone does sin, we have an advocate who pleads our case before the Father. He is Jesus Christ, the one who is truly righteous. And then in Romans 8, 34, who then will condemn us? No one. For Christ Jesus died for us and was raised to life for us. And he is sitting in the place of honor at God's right hand, pleading for us. And that's Romans 8.34. So again, how should we plead in prayer? We do this from a place of victory. We come before the Lord and bring our requests says in Hebrews 4.16, so let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God. There we will receive his mercy and we will find grace to help us when we need it most. We focus on Christ. We behold him like John did. When John was in that throne room, he had to look 
the elder said, stop weeping, look, behold the lion of the tribe of Judah, the heir to David's throne, King Jesus, behold him. Because when we see him and we see him rightly, even in our circumstance, something of his life and his victory behold, and we begin to get a revelation of truth. We need to look for Jesus in every situation that we are in. In every place we feel like we are hopeless and desperate, where we feel like there's no other way, where we have just given up and we've even stopped pleading. We need to see Jesus. Stop weeping. Look, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the heir to David's throne, has won the victory. Remind yourself and God of his victory and his ruling. Remind him of his word. In Isaiah 43, 25 to 26, I, even I, am he who blots out your transgressions for my own sake, and I will not remember your sins. Put me in remembrance. Let us contend together. State your case that you may be acquitted. Present the ruling that you're asking for. Thank you, God, that you have the victory over this situation. And be specific. That the enemy has been defeated by the blood of the Lamb. And you are victorious. It says in Revelation 12, 11, And they have defeated him by the blood of the Lamb and by their testimony. And they did not love their lives so much that they were afraid to die. And take authority. Put your faith and trust in Jesus. Speak to every situation. In Mark 11, 23 to 24, it says, For assuredly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed, be cast into the sea, and, it does, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. Therefore I say to you, whatever things you, you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. For that faith to arise through a revelation of his victory. I think that needs to happen. It's important that we can come into a place where we receive revelation of what Jesus has done. So that our faith can arise, so that we can partner with that. When I talk about revelation, for some of you, is very known. You know revelation. You, you walk in revelation and truth. But for others, when I'm saying revelation, what I mean is his truth coming in, coming into the places that don't know his truth and don't experience it. That the world wants to say, well, that's, that's just life. Or that's just the situation. Or, and we, we come into a place where actually, oh, well, there's nothing more that can be done. But actually, when we see Jesus and we come into hope and faith and trust in him, our faith partners with his heart. And we can see breakthrough. We can see those healings. We can see those signs, wonders, and miracles. You know, it might not always look like what we expect it to look like. Do you know, you know my story. My son died and we pleaded. But that victory, that revelation, I cannot even explain to you 
where we could have positioned ourselves in utter loss and grief and devastation. Jesus. Because I know that my son is very much alive in Christ and for eternity. And that joy and that victory, I can laugh in the face of death. It has no sting. Don't get me wrong. In our humanity, we feel. That's why we plead. That's why Jesus pleaded. But he has the victory. We need revelation this morning of that. Oh, sorry. (laughs) I'm going to pray for us. Um, And I'm going to share a little story about when I was reading in Revelation 5. And then we're going to sing an anthem, (laughs) a chorus about God's victory. And that is going to be us partnering this morning with that revelation of his victory. And even if you don't feel that you've got that this morning, even if that feels far from you or painful to you or difficult, that is what he has for you. That is what he wants to invite you into, to experience, to to tangibly know in your life. That you would move from pleading for victory to pleading from victory. So I just want to encourage you to, if you want to come up to him, and um, if you can stand, I'll get you to stand. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, Father, I just thank you. I thank you that you're a Lord over our hearts. You're God over our hearts. Jesus. Do you want to place your hands on your hearts or anywhere that would make sense to you? It might be your stomachs, your hearts, your minds. Holy Spirit, would you come? Would you come now? Would you bring your revelation truth? and reveal your victory in those places in our lives where we are desperately longing to see your victory, where we are pleading and calling out, would our eyes awaken to see the truth of the matter? Your truth, your victory, even in our emotion and our pleading, you have the victory. And I'd encourage you, if you can, physically, take that step. Say to yourself, I'm moving Jesus from a place, yourself, I'm moving, speaking to Jesus, I'm moving from a place of pleading for victory to standing in victory this morning. I stand in your victory, Jesus Christ, and all that you have accomplished for me this morning. Come, revelation, spirit of revelation, come. Awaken our hearts to your truth. And as we sing this morning this chorus, engage your hearts in this, even if you don't feel it. Engage your hearts in it. Start to declare and decree the truth that he has the victory. Bless you. Bless you this morning.